The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. Gift Guide season continues. Today, we're talking to Skidmore Prize winner and Associate Director at Willamette Falls Trust, Gerard Rodriguez. To donate to Willamette Falls Trust and many other wonderful nonprofits in this year's Gift Guide, go to giftguide.org. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I am joined by one of the Skidmore Prize winners from Willamette Week's Give Guide, Gerard Rodriguez, who is the Associate Director at Willamette Falls Trust and Head of Tribal Affairs. How are you doing? Hey, doing great this morning. Thanks, Phil. Glad to be able to join you. Absolutely. So I, I want to just um, jump right into the Willamette Falls, uh, so to speak. Um, can you describe them physically and then historically, if you don't mind, just the, the falls in that area? Yeah, yeah. So the Willamette Falls um, is a, a sacred site here um, in what's now called Oregon. And a lot of people don't know about it, even even locally, you know, when we talk to people or, or some that are even less familiar with kind of the natural spaces, we'll talk about Willamette Falls and they'll say like, oh, yeah, I've been up I've been up to the gorge and kind of conflate it with Multnomah. Um, but but these falls are, are really special. Um, they're the second largest waterfall by volume of water um, in the nation, uh, second to Niagara, and kind of served uh, as this place, um, this cultural gathering place, and a, um, a place of, of bounty and of culture and of ceremony, um, alongside some other places such as Salilo Falls, historically that got um, flooded by the Dalles Dam. And um, this is currently uh, dammed uh, in part, um, but the falls still flow themselves. Um, and kind of fluctuate throughout the seasons. And it's a really powerful site and a powerful place. So um, contemporarily, it's it's kind of enclosed over by the industrial development that took place over the last 200 years by several different paper mill companies um, and the foundation of Oregon City to kind of establish the state um, as the Oregon Territory. And um, prior to that, for millennia, um, this place has been um, stewarded and lived alongside by many different tribal communities and continues to be. Um, so this has been uh, a place of traditional fishing, a place of gathering, a place of ceremony, um, of joining together in union, uh, weddings, different things like that. So these are really um, important places and they continue to be. And, um, and when we think about, you know, some of these ways of framing that and what those cultural practices have been, we talk about time immemorial and how, you know, thinking about the last um, several thousand years and countless amount of time, the last 200 are really just this tiny little sliver of time. And so we, we think about these things, frame them in that way, and then think about the future as well and how we can overcome some of these, some of these new struggles, some of these new barriers um, that have been forced upon the land through removal of the people um, through the detriment to the water, um, to the land itself. 
and and to the all of the different wildlife that lives within that so um we have this opportunity here to help protect those things bring them forward and and now with all of our different communities people of color that need that access to nature need that access to um to water and land this is this is what this project is about so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna want to just uh start to hone in on on that you said opportunity right now to move things forward um i just it's it is it's it's um the falls are remarkable a couple of years ago i decided that uh, a friend and i decided we would paddle from salem to to portland uh and i knew that the falls were there i've seen them from the other side um they are they're massive i mean and they're they're beautiful and um you're right. So now it is where uh, Oregon City is located, and uh, a number of paper mills for the past few decades had been there. Uh, how has this opportunity come around, though? So the land has been given back to the tribes. Is that correct? Or, or tell me, tell me, where does this stand in terms of uh, legally speaking? Um, yeah. So the the. The Blue Heron site is one of the properties that's kind of adjacent to the falls themselves. Um, and it's, it's named the Blue Heron site after the Blue Heron paper mill. So that land was purchased in 2019 by the Confederated Tribes of Grand Ronde. Um, alongside that, there's also this public partnership where four different local government entities um, worked to create it to create a public space. So they there's an easement on that land. Um, and that makes up what we call the Willamette Falls Legacy Project um, that hopes to create this, this place of public access, kind of think about it as um, a river walk with opportunities for these larger kind of gathering spaces that would be programmed for the public. Um, there's a lot of different things that kind of come into that. Um, some of the kind of original ideas, thinking about which governments make up that project, Oregon City, Clackamas County, uh, the state of Oregon, um, and metro regional government were kind of some of the more, more um, contemporary uses that people think of, such as farmers markets and things like that. Um, so, so our work is inherently also to be able to provide this tribal perspective into what that programming looks like and what that use of space is. How do you facilitate education and programming? Um, what types of uh, what types of public uses go there as well as like you know incubator spaces for um, businesses and things like that really focused in traditional life ways um, informed by each of the tribes that have a connection to this place and um, that's that's just one of several projects so we we also think about um, each of these kind of opportunities around the falls is holistic. And I think that that's thing we've heard resoundingly from our tribal leadership committee that's made out of several delegates um, from the tribal nations uh, with connections to the falls to say, this is, you know, this is um, a place that's so powerful and so special as you were sharing, you know, that this is, this is a place that deserves a holistic approach, you know, um, the water, the land, um, our people, and the lamprey and salmon that run through the water don't recognize tax lots. They don't recognize project boundaries um, in order to build the future that we're talking about that addresses all of these different issues from the climate crisis to, um, to kind of public education and so forth. 
we need to be able to think about this in a way that makes a difference um, and helps to lead the way to a future where all of these places are protected in that way. So this is massive. I mean, this is I, this is a massive, massive uh, visioning and deal that's happening right now. I mean, it's it's going to change that whole region that that is you know now known as Oregon City. Uh, it's 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 really bringing to the forefront. And you started talking there about moving into the future. I, I would think that it's tricky because you want to uh, relate to the past, but you do want to move into the future. And there has to be a uh, there's a balance there. Um, can you talk? Do, do the discussions that are happening now feel productive? Uh, do they feel like they're too big to be productive right now? Um, how uh, how do you feel? You walk out of one of these meetings and you're like, "Wow, we made a lot of progress," or do you feel like right now it is uh, more talking and thinking, and progress is going to come a little bit further down the road? I think it's a little bit of both. You know, it's um, it's one of those kind of constant efforts, and that's that's the nature of what this work is. You know, coming from tribal communities and any marginalized community community can really think about these or relate to these things. Where, you know, we have we have another place that we come from. We're culturally grounded in the ways that we've th thought about things. So, kind of the first part of your question of, um, you know, bridging the past into the future. It's, it's kind of coming back to that um, that idea that, you know, time immemorial goes both ways. And where we're at now has been a significant shift, but a very quick one. And, and we have the opportunity to correct. So thinking about how um, things have been done here and about how indigenous lifeways are built out of thousands of years of observation, practiced and connection to each other to the land and all of the lessons that come with that. And that's part of this education piece too, with kind of local leaders, um, government staff and so forth that, um, you know, tribal understandings are so much more than just habitat restoration. And they're more than kind of this historical cultural interpretation piece. You know, we're living communities, um, we're present, we're still here. And more so than that, this is, this is very much the goal of what we want to see is is we want to be able to um, continue those lifeways and have them have them amplified. Um, it's really important not only for our communities, for for the youth um, within them to be able to have pride in their culture, to be able to have more and more opportunities to take on these teachings that need to take place on the landscape. You know, they need to be um, taught in practice, taught by doing, and. Um, and at these these significant places where the lessons can be continued in some ways, but there's nothing like being there. You talk about how powerful it was to be right in front of the falls, see their magnitude as you paddled along there. Um, that's the kind of thing that really makes a difference uh, for what we're able to envision as the future. Um, it's a rite of passage for a lot of youth to be able to harvest eel and other traditional foods by going up to the falls and um, and, and being able to actually stand before that power, um, feel the water kind of splashing around you and roaring to, to where you have to scream. And at some point, you know, you don't, you can't even communicate that way. There's kind of, there was uh, traditional kind of hand signals for harvesting at those falls specifically. So that's kind of one of the things that we've heard um, from some of those elders. And, uh, and, and I think that that informs what we want the future to look like, right? So. 
we have all of these different questions about, okay, how do we do this sustainably? You know, if anyone was to redevelop these heavily impacted sites and all of this industrial waste, um, how do we minimize degradation to the water and those types of things? And um, tribal communities can help lead the way in that, as well as how we see that program, you know, what, what is the most important part of public access? Do we need um, more spaces for farmers markets or do we need places that hold public education and can be the site for, um, for school trips to help kind of create this, this shared sense of responsibility um, to protecting these things, to understanding the value of clean drinking water um, and to understand the value of protecting all of the other um, forms of life that walk within it or that swim within it. So. You, have a, you have a lot of people that are making a lot of different requests, and, and I'm going to add my own here now. It, it, I would love for there to be a way to portage around those a little bit more, because I have to tell you, when, when we pulled up in our canoe, it took us about two hours. We had to drag the canoe. We were lucky enough, some people let us cut through their backyards uh, to get through there. I mean, again, it's, it's, such, an, it's such a massive natural feature um, but history has developed it in the last hundred years to not necessarily be, I guess, integrated uh, is, is, is one of the ways of thinking about it. I mean, is, and when you talk about public access, um, that has to be a lot of a, a, a hard balance. I'm just going to, I'm not going to read all of them, but just a few of them of the organizations that are involved, the Confederate tribes uh, of, of uh, the Yakima nation, Confederate tribes of Grand Ronde, Confederate tribes of uh, of the Umatilla, of Warm Springs, downtown Oregon City, Portland General Electric, Travel Oregon. I mean, this is how unique is this uh, uh, collaboration? Um, this seems like a really uh, important and unique time in 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 uh, this region's history that all these people are all these organizations are coming together and trying to do something productive um is that is that fair to say yeah it's pretty fair to say i mean there's a lot of a lot of different parties like at the most formal level there's four different government agencies four different non-native government agencies alongside us as a nonprofit, and then five tribal governments so you've got 10 entities there trying to figure out how to make something that has this much, like you said, it's it's just so um, it's so vast, and it could be so impactful. So, think about some of those partnerships that take you know collaboration between two cities or um, a set of states, and then we've got we've got ten of those. So, um, it's very landmark. Uh, this is this is an effort that's based completely in in belief in collaboration, and collaboration is an indigenous value as well. Um, so that's, you know, this, this level of work is in some ways unprecedented and we want it to be um, something that, that can be ser serve as a, a beacon for a lot of other tribal communities and many, all, all kinds of communities that struggle to have their voices heard um, on these types of issues. So, so the intertribal aspect in itself, especially is extremely important. Um, each of those tribes has a significant connection to the falls and each one with their own distinct culture and many cultures within those tribes as they're made up of all the different bands that um, traveled to and from the falls, um, each with their own language and life way and culture and way of understanding. Um, and 
and also their way of kind of uh, governance. And, and that's one of the interesting pieces of this too, is that as, as we were talking about earlier, you know, um, native lifeways are so much more than just uh, habitat restoration and the cultural interpretation. It's about how we lead each other. It's about how we teach the next generation. Um, and it's about, it's about governance. I mean, there's all of these things packed into traditional living. So a lot of that's coming forward right now. Um, and, and it's one of the really exciting pieces here. So, you know, these places aren't unique. Um, you hear about some of the things that kind of come to mind when you think about tribal issues, um, tribal land. Standing Rock is one that people are really familiar with. More recently, probably Bears Ears and the restoration that came of that, um, along with the, the support of the federal government, um, Secretary Deb Holland um, and the Department of the Interior and five tribal nations there that work together to, to help protect this site. You know, this is, um, this is not a standalone issue and, and everywhere, you know, if we wanna see things different and if we wanna craft a future where we're not mitigating impacts, but we're helping protect and we're helping restore place, um, these are the types of efforts as difficult as they may be that it takes to kind of get to that, to that new chapter. Yeah, it seems as in, in addition to whatever uh, Willamette Falls uh, becomes, uh, that this serves as a potentially the blue a blueprint for how decision making will happen. This is Phil Busky. It's the nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM. I'm I'm so pleased to be joined by one of uh, this year's Skidmore Prize Award winners from Willamette Week's Give Guide. Gerard Rodriguez is associate director at Willamette Falls Trust and head of tribal affairs. Hey, why don't you uh, set up, cue up a, a song for us? We'll take a quick musical break. I um would pick Where Are We Going by Marvin Gaye, kind of captures the spirit of, of uh, what we're talking about here and all the questions that it comes with.
All right, this is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. Gerard Rodriguez is Associate Director at Willamette Falls Trust and Head of Tribal Affairs and also one of the winners of this year's Skidmore Prize Award winners for Willamette Week's Give Guide, which is a plug to uh, support Willamette Falls Trust as well as to support the nonprofits that are listed in the guide. Now, this is a big deal. We've been talking about what a big deal is. How did you get involved? Um, well, uh you know, through the efforts that the trust kind of laid at first to do some of that tribal community engagement um, and then also work with the urban indigenous communities in Portland. Um, I was working and, and continue to work um, in collaboration with a few different organizations. So I'm also on the board of uh, Friends of Tryon Creek, um, uh, which is a state park that, that some people might might know about in southwest Portland. Um, it's a great place. It's been really well protected, and um, and it's a really a really powerful place in its own right as well. Um, and through that organization, in partnership with um, uh, a few other individuals, uh, namely Gabe Shoeships, who's um, a member of the Confederated Tribes of Umatilla, and the executive director at Tryon now, um, we helped work to build a lot of these programs that we're kind of talking about hypothetically right now. And, and we have specifics, you know, I can talk about some more of that later, but um, taking places like Tryon and helping infuse them with indigenous perspectives, uh, making them culturally responsive to the needs of um, communities of color and especially for the needs of youth uh, that, that so importantly need that um, access to nature, the opportunity for hands-on education um, and and have and having that culturally relevant uh, curriculum there as well. So we we built a lot of that and continued to work um, on some in the present. And uh, Willem Falls Trust came to ask us about some of that education, um, what the place could look like, and then talked a little bit about the project and and sort of what the possibilities were. So how do you facilitate? Um, the types of programming that we're talking about through design. You know, how can a place be built with indigenous values that's reflected in the landscape? And how can it, it basically, how can it feel for the people? You know, how can you, you walk onto a place, um, you know, being indigenous um, or being a member of, of any community and being able to feel like, okay, this is, you know, this is for me in a way that we haven't had the chance to experience. Um, so... Uh, that's 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 kind of the first conversation. And as we kept kind of working and um, thinking about some of the different needs that the programming had, we um, uh, eventually came to a place where the trust was looking to hire um, to help lead some of these efforts. I applied and then, um, well, the rest is history for the last two years. So yeah. we, Gerard, <laughs> we have a few minutes left. And I want to, I'm going to keep focusing on you. I, the, the, the Willamette Fall Trust is a massive project and I do encourage people to uh, start to pay attention if you haven't already, and and it's it's going to be unfolding over the next couple of years. Um, as as we wrap up our conversation here, um, so do you have any mentors, any heroes? Like who's who's been instructive, instructive for you to how, how to how to conduct yourself professionally? Um, oh yeah, uh, pl plenty. I mean, there's. Uh, I, I think I would say that the work um that we continue to this day like it's it's all based out of um the successes that everyone that came before us has made 
um, we're at a really, really important place that I think a lot of people are grateful for, um, especially in this region where people want to try to make these things happen. We have culturally responsive positions. We have tribal liaison positions. Um, that's something that a lot of places would be um, really excited to have. And we're lucky enough to have them here. So uh, just gratitude for <laughs> everyone that has helped pave the way. Um, and contemporarily, you know, uh, there's a lot of great leaders out there. Um, I think working with Gabe Shoe Ships from uh, Tryon Creek um, has been um, kind of, we, we helped uh, or we worked together to make a lot of these programs come to life and to help show people this is what we mean and this is what our communities need. Um, so that was a really great experience. Um, and uh, right now, um, our tribal leadership committee is, is a huge wealth of knowledge. I mean, these are tribal leaders uh, from four different nations, uh, a lot of which are tribal council members, spiritual leaders um, that, that share out, you know, how to think about these things. And as much as this work, uh, you know, can be really cool in talking about some of the governance and, you know, here's some of the exciting day-to-day -day about working alongside staff, what the possibilities can lead to, um, you know, some of the innovative models for uh, intertribal governance that we've come up with, as well as community engagement. Um, they always help me kind of bring it back home to the fact that we're here to accomplish some really simple ideas and some really powerful ones um, to just help uh, bring this place back into balance, uh, to help create a future for the youth um, and to help instill a place with the values that it's always been based in. Um, and just bring them back to light in the face of colonization. So um, really grateful for everyone that supported us as well as my family back home um, that, that also paved the way for me and my cultural grounding. So, yeah. Gerard Rodriguez is Associate Director at Willamette Falls Trust and Head of Tribal Affairs and winner, one of the winners of this year's Skidmore Prize Award for Willamette Week's Give Guide. Thank you so much for taking the time and, and uh, Thank you for uh, all the work that you're doing and are going to have to do uh, in the upcoming years. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, great to have some time today and uh, look forward to seeing everyone in partnership um, as we go along. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corps that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.